The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Time for Attaboy here on the program, highlighting good stories. And boy, do we have a good one for you today. Attaboy is brought to you by Iris Networks. Specializing in quality fiber internet and voice, irisnetworksusa.com. And uh man, we got some we both we both got the same story here. Uh, it's been circulating on the interwebs for for a couple days, and uh even so much that the TMZ <laughs> picked it up and um shared shared the story as well. So um, I'll let you take it away if you got the article pulled up. If not, then I can, I can, I can try to grab it as well. Yeah, we're giving Eagles safety Anthony Harris an attaboy because he told TMZ that he flew to Texas to escort a young fan to her daddy-daughter dance after her dad passed away, and he explained why it was a special moment for him. Uh, that, that's what the tweet said. When you click on the article, it reads that Philadelphia Eagle safety Anthony Harris made 11-year-old Audrey Soap's night when he accom- accompanied her to a daddy-daughter dance after her dad passed away. But the pro football player tells us it was also an incredibly special moment for him, too. I try to show fans my support whenever I can, Harris told Harvey and Charles on TMZ Live adding it just kind of unfolded organically over the past few years. They've been following my career since I was in Minnesota. Harris, the NFL's interception leader in 2019 says Audrey's dad and grandpa recently passed away. So as the dance approached, the soap family asked Anthony if he'd like to attend. Once it became clear, Harris's Eagles were eliminated from the playoffs the seven-year NFL vet told Audrey he'd love to escort her to the dance in Texas. He said, I thought it would be a great way to uplift her and utilize my platform I've been blessed with to try and brighten people's day and be a blessing to others. Once they arrived at the dance, in style, Harris rented a car with a driver. Uh, Anthony says he had a blast. It was a great event. There was a ton of kids there. It was really nice, really cute to see other fathers there. Harris later continued, I was just all about having fun. The DJ was playing a little bit of the Disney music. I wasn't quite familiar with some of those songs, but I had fun embarrassing myself trying to sing those lyrics. But the dancing was fun, and seeing the energy of the other young ladies there and the fathers, it was a great time. Yeah, man. So as the TMZ article concludes, get this man in contention for the Walter Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff right there. That's good stuff. What it's all about? That's good stuff. I I This is why I'm okay with with people posting their good deeds on social media. Yep. And letting people know what they're doing because I and I don't like if you if you do it for the wrong reasons, that's on your conscience. That's that's on you, but like show people what what are you doing out here? Cuz then that can motivate and inspire somebody else to do the same thing. And then what happens is you have a a snowball effect of positivity. 
snowball effect of people doing great deeds for other folks, paying it forward. That's why I love these positive stories on social media. And anything can go viral, man. Negativity can go viral. Also, positivity can, can go viral. So uh, this is a great, great, great story. Nice attaboy. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. 865-255-03. So quiet. Tennessee football is so quiet right now. It's 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 a great thing, except for us. Not good for radio. <laughs> Not good for radio. Auburn media members, Auburn talk show hosts are, are living the dream right now. They're they're living through what we lived through last year. But like, also, I don't know if I call it a dream, man. I, I I remember those 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 shows in 2017 during that coaching search. And but most like radio hosts, they they're not as emotionally invested as we are. So for them, like if they're not an Auburn fan, then it's radio gold. So they can they can talk about that all day long, and they're not an Auburn fan, so it doesn't bother them like it bothered us when we had to talk about it. Like Birmingham sports talk radio right now. Oh, I've, I've been listening this week. It's it's in, the callers are incredible, fine bomb level. It, it, it has been incredible. But I agree with what Austin said yesterday. After essentially the decade plus of, of drama and BS and coaching searches and all sorts of crap, we deserve a quiet off season. No, we do. We do, and it's been it's been quiet. The only thing that we have um, had is Josh Heupel, OU. That was that was it. Uh, the the and that the NIL conversation has been the biggest conversation we've had since the end of the season. That's true. Yeah, which I'm glad we haven't had to talk about that the last two weeks. It seems like uh, people are less concerned than they were a month or so ago. It's, it's almost as if folks around the university have it figured out. I don't listen to what everybody else listens to. So, like, I wonder folks that listen to other people cover Tennessee, those same folks that were freaking out over the NIL and saying that Tennessee wasn't doing anything and all this, all that. Are they still on that right now? I don't know. I'm asking. I'm asking the listeners that, that listen to other other shows and read other blogs or whatever. Like, are those same people still on that right now? I haven't seen as much about it on the message board. Which, if, it, if it's not on the message board a ton, then... That <laughs> <laughs> tells you all you need to know, right? Yeah. I, I'm I'm glad that we have gotten over that conversation. I'm sure it'll pop back up at, at some point this off season, if not multiple times. Well, if Tennessee doesn't you know nail a nail a recruit, it's going to be pointing right to NIL. Right. That that is that going to be the uh, <laughs> the 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 blame for every recruit loss now. It's going to be the blame, and it's going to be the reason why Tennessee gets a player. Not only Tennessee fans, but it's going to be college football fans in general, especially SEC fans. They'll point straight to NIL. 
if you if you didn't get a player, oh, it's because your NIL wasn't good enough. If you got a player, it's because the NIL was better than everybody else's. That's going to be the reason. I promise you. But like Jimbo Fisher said, NIL has been going on for years. It just was illegal. And for for years and decades, players have went to a place that's paying them. Not necessarily the highest bidder either. Not necessarily. So all money's not good money. And the highest bid is not always the best bid. But better believe that NIL will either get the blame or the praise. I once heard a coach say, praise and blame is all the same. Hmm. I once heard a coach say that. Who? I think he's coaching somewhere. I don't know if he's winning or not, but I did hear a coach say that. Let's get to the phones. Let's get to uh, Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Hello. How you doing, Turkey Man? Hey, buddy. Doing okay. That's that new toy I got is aggravating. These uh, earwigs. Uh, listening, listen to you, and then I tried to call, and then What's I like earwig. You mean a you got, a, you got some, you got some, you got a Bluetooth earplugs. Yeah, earwig. yeah, yeah. You got some. Yeah, you yeah. got some AirPods. Yeah. Well, look yeah. at you stepping up. You got AirPods, Turkey Man. Yeah. Who got you AirPods? Oh, my my uh, brother-in-law. You have you have AirPods, but the white you call them earwigs. Yeah. Well, they had to stick down, look like a little antenna. Yeah, yeah. Turkey yeah. man. Look at you, man. We're proud of you. Yeah, I can uh, listen to you guys when I'm in the, in the truck or moving around or, or come turkey season. I can have you in my ear and I'll have to listen and I can call turkey and and, and kind of work both ways. I, before, I had, to, I had to either have that cord hanging down and you step on it and you drop it and it's just aggravating. But uh, anyhow, uh, I know uh, each person has their own uh, what they're looking looking at. As, as hearing you talk about how people's thinking about it, I think everybody's, or a lot of people like myself, they just kind of wait and see. Because I mean, I'm honest. I mean, about I seen some things I'm I'm not uh, I'm concerned about. What's that, Turkey Man? Uh, what are you concerned about? Uh, and, fo- and, fo- and football wise. What's I that? Mean, from the coaches. What is well, that? I say, I, okay. Uh, let's look at uh, if if we had not played in the bowl game, my anticipation would have been a little higher. It wasn't the outcome, it was some th- decisions I've seen in coaching that concerned me. And I talked to you, we've talked about this. We talked about uh, time, uh, time management, we talked about. Uh, uh, going for a field goal when you, uh, you know, really and truly that's, uh, you give your chance, uh, self a chance to win uh, or be in the game, especially in overtime. Uh, I've seen some things like that that kind of concerns me. I, I look at, uh, at uh, we have at the end of a, end of a half or, or end of the game, uh, we'll have a, a two-minute drill going instead of utilizing timeouts and we still want to try to speed up, speed up, speed up. When you really and truly got to, got to keep keep the minutes on the clock, give you a chance longer in the game. And I've seen rush to the line and and snap the ball. And I, I you could go over the season. It ain't worked that many times. Hurry up, get the line and go. Uh, we've lost a down in it. 
usually end up a false start over it. Uh, so there's some things like that. I'm just kind of, I'm kind of waiting to see. Not being, uh, not wanting to be a negative. When you uh, you have an opinion, you look at something. Uh, I wouldn't, you know, if we come into this year and and we got the same backup quarterback with the same results, uh, uh, and not worked in as somebody else that would be a better option from what we've seen. And I, you know, I, that's a good scratcher. Doesn't seem what what our backups capable. And he had three years of it, and uh, we come back with the same same deal. Uh, then uh, then I I'd have a problem with that because I've done seen this is this is what we got. We need to improve here. We got to have someone there that we can have in place that actually can grow. If our number one quarterback gets hurt, so there's a lot of concerns. It's just wait and see because those things ain't come past yet. But I did see some things that concerned me. I shared with you, uh, and in the coaching aspect, that I just uh, get two and two don't add up far. That's and, fair, uh, Turkey man. That's fair. I think I think I think um, the in-game coaching in the ball game was was. Not ideal. I thought we got out coached by by Purdue. I mean, uh, hard to hard to de- deny that one. I also look at the entire season and and Tennessee coach staff did a great job as a whole. But in that game, that game should have been over before it was. So that's that's a fair point. Um, the backup quarterback situation. I mean, who who really has a comfortable backup quarterback situation around the country? Like, there's a lot of backup quarterbacks that either has have, have not played or don't have any experience and you don't know anything about because you're not going to stack quarterback rooms like you did 10 years ago. So I think every team has concerns at this point of the season, this point of the offseason. I think – the tempo concern is 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 legitimate. It's fair, but also to Turkey Man's point about it it not necessarily working. It worked often. It worked more times than it didn't. Yes, but you I can go see back like and, when it, you can see how it can get you in trouble if you don't if you don't use it to your advantage. You don't use it to your strength. It can work against you if you don't pick up some first downs. Correct, but I mean, are we expecting perfection? I mean, it, it no. was still an offense that that broke numerous program records in the first year while having personnel deficiencies. Say that, say that, say that again. You said first year, right? It 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 broke numerous program records in year one while the coaching staff was was dealing with personnel issues all throughout the offense and and it not being their guys and, and taking guys who hadn't had a ton of success in the past and turning them into all SEC players, NFL players, quality football players. So, uh, yes, there, there were times where I was very frustrated with, with, with the tempo. I, my critique was that, hey – 
everybody in the stadium knows what you're about to run on this third and short after you just ran it for the line. And if I know, if my dumb self knows sitting up in the press box, and I guarantee you the other defense coordinator knows. But also, if you go back and you, you look at the replay of some of those runs that were stuffed on short yardage situations, there was a guy or two or three not executing their block. And if, and if they do execute their block, then it's a first down. So, I mean, I, I get the frustration, but doesn't all, all the positives outweigh the, the concern? All the positives outweigh the, the concerns, for sure. At this point. Yes, but there are some things that Tennessee will have to answer to here soon. Yes, I just and, I think back to the Alabama game, and two of those touchdowns don't happen if if you don't go no huddle, get to the line, and snap the ball. Alabama's looking at the sideline, not in position, and since he was able to score two long touchdowns off of it, same as the Kentucky game, the the big Bayless touchdown to start the game, and, and I believe there's another one as well where the the up tempo, the the no huddle, hurrying up and, and getting to the line caught the defense off guard, and it resulted in touchdowns. Yeah, the, the good outweighs the bad for me. The positive outweighs the negative. Um, what Tennessee's offense will have to answer to here soon, and that is when Tennessee is, is recruiting against some other different offenses inside the SEC. And to recruit at a high level and maintain that level you have to win. You have to put guys in the league. And Tennessee won more than what they were expected to, to win. And then you would hope, like, this upcoming season, you win a lot more. But then there's going to be another question that Tennessee will have to answer. And that is, all right, who are you putting in the league? And how are you helping me get to the league? And when, when are you develop me, developing me to play at the next level because Tennessee runs an offense that not one team in NFL runs, not one team. Now quarterback, I'm not worried about that because if you have command, if you have leadership, if you can make all the throws, if you can read defenses, if you can do it, you can do it. And it translates to the NFL. You will have to learn how to call a play in the huddle. And those play calls in the NFL, it's like many paragraphs. So you will have to learn how to do that. And that's a learning curve for, for some quarterbacks. But smart ones are able to make that adjustment. But, like, offensive linemen, does, does your game translate from the Josh Heupel offense to the NFL? Receivers, the your game translate, and we'll know that with K Mays. We'll know that with 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 um, Bayless Jones. I think they're going to be key into debunking some of the negative recruiting that's going to go on. That it's going to happen. Like when Tennessee is is pulling players from different schools, and maybe it's because of NIL, maybe it's because of early playing time. But schools are going to try to say any and everything to prevent that player from going to Tennessee rather than going to their school. And I'm telling you, one thing they're going to bring up, they're going to try to bring up the NFL stuff. 
And so Tennessee has to go ahead and nip it in the bud. Other schools were negative recruiting Tennessee, just like Austin said yesterday on the program, saying that Tennessee's going to have a sanctions for three or four years. And they didn't even know that when they were telling recruits that. But they could tell recruits that because Tennessee didn't know either. So there was, there was no truth to be found. Now you can't say that anymore. But now, until Tennessee is able to prove that they can put guys in the league and they're prepared and ready to play, now the new lie or, or truth, we don't know, or the new technique used by other schools negative recruiting Tennessee will be, hey, they don't prepare you for the league, though. And that narrative will go on and go on until Kate Mays or Bayless Jones or whoever, Alante Taylor or whoever goes and balls out and is on record saying, hey, man, that that offense, that, that staff prepared me for the league. That's what goes on in recruiting. So I, I'm not going to sit here and, like, totally disagree with Turkey Man's call, but I'm not going to to, to be on board with, with, with Turkey Man either. I think it's fair to have concerns at this point of the season when you lose players, you got new players coming in, you got some holes to fill, you look at, all right, how we take the next step, you have the sour tasting him out from the bowl game. Like, those are all fair feelings from Turkey Man. Yes, absolutely. I just, when when I look at the concerns moving forward with Tennessee, I don't think about the offense. No, I don't. I, I don't. At all. Well, and th- there are frustrating... Sit to tell me he's running mate. There are frustrating aspects at times about the offense. Um, I- I'd like to see more intermediate. Not just routes, but just... Uh, I'd-, I'd like to see Tennessee attack the, the middle of the field more. I- I'd-, I'd like to see the receivers run more routes... Than they do. I, I don't really like seeing receivers taking plays off. I, I, I don't like that Hendon doesn't have a ton of progressions to go through. Uh, I, I, I thought that in, in short yardage situations, although execution could have been definitely better, I, I, I would have liked to have seen more creativity at times instead of continuing to try to do the same thing over and over and over even though I also recognize that it would have been nice if execution would have been better. But it also would be nice to, to switch it up every now and then and, and have some more creativity. So there are things that, that frustrate me at times about the offense, but they're, they're small things in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, there's not an offense that we have seen that you couldn't point and say, hey, man, I wish we could do something different here with this offense. Like Mike DeBoard's offense also broke records and. You know, folks was nitpicking that one, and you know you can always find something that you wish was better with 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 an offense or with the defense. It's it's just hard to play perfect, and at the end of the day, it comes down to execution. And you have to understand that they're good players on the other side too, and so they're going to make their plays. You're going to make yours. What you hope is that at the end of the day, you've made slightly more, and you have more points on the board. So. For Tennessee, they did that this year more than what anyone expected. So there's a lot to build upon. A lot. But there are some holes. There are some questions. I mean, running back depth, you know, getting you a nice two or three deep, guys that could do different things. 
physical, can, can run uh, with the shoulders down and pick up some tough yards. Uh, we got some smaller backs, but now you got Justin Williams coming in. How will he fit in uh, receiver-wise? Like, you lose Valus, so how are you going to replace his production? Uh, you lose Cade Mays, but the offensive line is expected to be, you know, pretty good, hopefully better, so that way you wouldn't have to, you know, use walk-ons, you know, during the course of a season, especially you know, primetime SEC play. So uh, there's questions all over the place, just like there was questions at this point last year. So uh, 865-255-03, let's go, to, let's go to the phones. Turkey Man wants to follow up with his phone call. All right, let's do it. Hey, the the thing that uh, wasn't mentioned and what you guys are discussing and thing that I just came to get my crawl is in regular regular time in that last game, we go we go deep two times. Uh, we needed to get I don't know first down. Uh, we had a makeable field goal, and and then you you dropped your guy out there to kick a a really extremely long field goal, which if the co- other coach had put a, a return man, had an opportunity to return it on you, and and it didn't give you a chance to win the game. I mean, if you get your first downs and, and get him the field goal, he kicks that field goal, we ain't talking about overtime. But also, if, if Hendon hits Valus, who was wide open oh, for I, a I touchdown, and, and the I referee calls the holding on, on Cedric Tillman, that was blatant then we got that all this year, phone bro. call isn't happening either we got we did that all year did what we all year bad calls all, we got bad bad calls all year all year against us Ole Miss game is ridiculous uh that was part of what we had to deal with but I just wondered from a coach's standpoint that's where your head coach gives you an opportunity to put you in the best position to win the game that's up the players make the play but I agree with you on that. Two plays. Why didn't we go back and throw the third time? I don't know if you had no well, time to throw that, it. At that point, I think they kicked the field goal. After yeah, you try to kick a field yeah, goal. Yeah, I know, but why, why? But it's long one. That's my point. Well, yeah, I mean, well, I mean, it's better than I mean, Coach, you kick a field goal, a long field goal, you're going to throw a Hail Mary. So, I, I, Co- Coach Eckler, Mike Ooh. Eckler, the special teams coach, and Chase McGrath, the kicker, told Josh Heupel that they felt good about kicking it. So, if you're the head coach, you you going to listen to your special teams coordinator and your kicker, or you're not going to listen to them? Well, I mean, on the same token, if we had not thrown the Hail Mary against uh, uh, Georgia that year, we 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 still wouldn't have a win against uh, in this decade against Georgia. Uh, but Dobbs went long, long pass, playoff clock, instead of kicking a field goal, which everybody thought, we, or I thought, we're working in place for a long field goal, but – I mean, the field goal is more likely than the Hail Mary. Yeah, I know that. But, but again, it was out of it. It really was out of his range. It was, it was, I mean, it was marked on the field what his, his, his range was and was 10 yards short of it. He Anyhow, wasn't 10 yards had, short of it. I mean, it went, it was short. And, and then it, uh, in, or, uh, Purdue have somebody back there and, and it, Went out no, of, he didn't. And it no, went through didn't. the end zone and was just short of the crossbar? No, he didn't have a return man. No, he didn't have a return man. I could I quit, even announce a question while they didn't have one. Man, that's my concern. I'll get out of here. Everybody has opinion, and, and we all love our balls, and we all have our own the way we look at things. And talk to you later. 
Yeah, I'm, it, I mean, it, I'm, I'm with Turkey Man, like, questioning the, the deep balls. And I, I obviously yeah. did take up for, like, the lack of execution. I would have gone with a different approach in, in that moment. But, like, also, like, Hendon should have hit Bayless on that deep ball. Bayless had a step. Hendon's got to make that throw. Referee got to got to call the blatant holding on 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 Tillman that would have also put Tennessee in in better field goal range. I'm just I'm not I'm not gonna critique that over the offseason when I also watched Heupel at at Florida get Tennessee into to field goal range with with perfect execution at the end of half and at, at Kentucky as well. Juwan Jennings hail mary was a 43 yard touchdown. That field goal would have been 60 yards. Chase McGrath's uh, field goal attempt was 56. Uh, may not seem like a lot, but that is that is a lot. I mean, that's 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 four yards. That's the difference. So, I mean, if he if he's made those before, then you you trot him out there. But and this is something that we talked about for days after that ball game is uh, you didn't have to you didn't have to have those deep shots. I mean, you could have hit some five yard. Um, Completions, like you did at Kentucky, and and move the ball to field goal range, like you did against Kentucky, and kick the field goal. So yeah, that's that's on Heupel, that's on that's on Tillman, excuse me, that's on um, Hooker and Heupel there, and that's fair, like that's fair. But I think the point still remains, like there's more positive than 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 not last season, and what this team was able to do with everything that happened with the roster and the sanctions and all the negative pub, this this team did a great job last year. The ending was not not what we all wanted because I was mad for two weeks. I was mad for two weeks. But I'm not letting one game shadow, overshadow the entire season. I'm not letting one game make me forget how this team had a chance to beat the ACC champions. They overachieved. A history-making Ole Miss team, and they had no business being in that game at all. No business being down one score against the national runner-up, Alabama. No, I mean, so this staff did a great job for the entire season. The last game wasn't ideal, but for the entire season, there's a lot to build up build on uh, there's a lot of positive momentum for for the future you just got to fill some holes and every team has concerns across the board so the turkey man is you know bringing up kind of what i was upset about in that in that poll game with the last last drive 865-255-03 let's go back to the phones after the break I think Turkey Man's call quota has been uh, has been has been reached for the day. <laughs> so we'll get somebody else coming up. Stay with us. Hour three of the Swain event is brought to you by the Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Do you know your numbers? Feel like you again. Let us help. Is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. 
Hello, is that as low as you can go? Okay, thank you. What are you doing? Calling around to get the best rate on a car loan. Why? Everyone knows Alcoa 10 is the best choice to purchase a vehicle or refinance your current loan. And with low interest rates and 90 days to your first payment, it's a no-brainer. You can even apply online and sign all the documents from the convenience of your home. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Alcoa 10 Credit Union. It's so easy. Go to ATFCU.com for details. Rates are dependent on credit score and equal housing lender. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42ST.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. Fellas. When it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year to keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to MarkNelsonDenim.com. Top 100 barbecue restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Networks hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high-speed fiber internet irisnetworksusa.com Go to the phones. Get to uh, Don on the Irish Networks hotline. Don is on line one. Don, good morning. Hey guys, how are you today? Good. How are you, Don? Oh, frustrated having tech IT problems here, trying to get some business took care of. So I understand. Yeah, I've been working on it since yesterday. About to drive me crazy. Hey, uh, talking about Turkey Man's calling even before he called when you were. Because I was as frustrated as anybody going after that bowl game. And even earlier in the year when we against Pitt, when after the miss mark, we don't pick up first. However, you know, like as far as going deep those two times instead of, of, of uh, 
trying to throw short. I'm sure Purdue had reviewed that Kentucky game. And, you know, I couldn't see, you know, just on TV. But maybe that's the reason they did is because they didn't have anything open underneath. I don't know. There was guys open. Just, okay. Uh, but that's – but was that a call play go deep or was that Hendon's choice? I mean, it had to be. It had to be his choice. I mean, you 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 have a play, you read it based on what the defense is doing, and and um, you know you never want to take a, your players' ag- aggressiveness away from them. You know? No, you know you, if it's open, like you gotta you gotta take a shot and hit it, but sure. you, you gotta play percentages too. And yeah. the deeper throws are just less you know uh, less likely to be to be hit um, than some of your shorter throws. And in that situation. Yeah, like you, if you if you if you hit that deep throw, the game is over. But the the shorter throw has a greater percentage of being completed, and you put mm-hmm. yourself in a position to make a, a field goal from a kicker that has been pretty consistent all season long. So it's just about oh, yeah. you know knowing the knowing the situation, the moment, your personnel, and that's a great lesson for for you know this upcoming season. Yeah, it is, and I guess my and maybe I was misreading what Turkey Man and then I. I had a lot of people since the bowl game talking about is like they called it. We're going deep. I don't think they called. We're going deep. It's no not PlayStation. Yeah, it's not PlayStation. Yeah. You you have a play call, a passing play. There's different levels because you want the field to be distributed evenly with receivers, and then based on what the defense is giving you, you hit the open player. It may be short. It may be deep. If it's you know third down and fourteen, obviously you don't want to throw it. Uh, a shallow cross, uh, but nope. f- four yards. But like, you know, you you take what the defense gives you most of the time. And um, in that situation, you know, Hendon took what the defense gave him. He just he just didn't hit it. Yeah. Well, two on that last drive, I have more problems with not judiciously using the timeouts. Uh, you know, that would have saved some time, and you probably would have had another play even after that play. That's fair. As far as the long, and as far as going like with the fifty-six yard field goal, I almost think throwing it, throwing the ball up to Pillman in the end zone was better odds than the fifty-six <laughs> yard. Hey, maybe, 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 maybe you're right on that one, man. Well, if you go back to the Ole Miss game, you know, if he hadn't already played, you know, a hundred plays before the end, and he gets two more inches of lift uh, on uh, Milton's next to the last play of the game. That's a touchdown. You're going home a winner. Uh, you know, he just didn't quite get up high enough at the point of the ball to get it. Uh, you know, you can say in question, but one thing I don't question, I, uh, how anybody can take a record-setting offense and be hypercritical, I don't know. Um, I mean, some of those close plays we didn't convert would never been uh, – would never mattered if we haven't been racking up points. And – uh you know, using the smallest back we got, both in the uh, Pitt game and in the Purdue game, you can question. But the truth of the matter is, uh, as you guys were discussing and Ben was talking about, people not executing, you know, the other players not executing. Uh, if our tight end executes a block, we walk into the end zone anyhow. Correct. There in overtime. So, correct, correct. Uh, it's just, you know, I've played enough football, and you certainly have, to know that it only takes one guy here or there and not ex- not doing what they're supposed to do, and, you know, it's, and your play's going to blow up. Yeah. I mean, that's, 
that's a, that's the most beautiful thing about football is it's eleven players doing what you know doing what they're supposed to do on a play because of the execution. Everything in theory can work, but theory is not human. <laughs> yeah. uh, you've got to go out there and execute. But gosh, I just can't. I just can't imagine anybody at this point in time being um, hesitant or looking at shortcomings of the of uh, Heifel's offense. I mean, he's proved it. You know, even though we ended up not, you know, kind of getting crushed at the end, like you guys mentioned, you're you're in it in the fourth quarter with Alabama. Uh, didn't last as long, but you know you scored more points than anybody in the regular season on Georgia. I, I'll, I'm just gonna I'm gonna follow hypo. Yeah, I'm gonna complain at the time, just like with officiating and everything else. You know, um, we were so close to a ten win team this year with first year offense, first you know walk on players. I'm I, I I've just got a hundred percent faith that Coach Hypo. They're gonna get it done, you know. I'm just he's earned until it. He, yeah, he's earned that well, guys, though. Yeah, I agree. I uh, anyhow, I won't hold you guys up in case somebody else wants to call. But I just, uh, uh, you know, I've got a friend lives down Georgia now. He's from here, but you know, and he's, you know, he's he's been gutted so bad in the last ten years or so that uh, he just won't give high ball change. You know, he immediately. Uh, in the Ole Miss game, he immediately uh, in the Pitt game, he immediately in the bowl game, you know, uh, sent me messages about, you know, how stupid the coaches were and blah, 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 and how they was blowing it. Nothing was ever uh, going to be right again. Yeah, so, he'll be all right, man. He'll be all right when since he gets some more depth and more players and get some more 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 results, then uh, maybe he'll feel a little bit differently, Don. Uh, thanks so much for the, for the call. Um, Pitfall on the text box, I, I'm going to read what you said here. I need you to help me understand what you are hearing because I'm a little confused. So Pitfall says, why would you talk about anything that would hurt recruiting live on air, even if it's true? Then he says, media hurts recruiting more than anything for Tennessee. What did you hear last segment to make you feel like what was being talked about about recruiting was hurting Tennessee because what was said was that Tennessee had to battle against negative recruiting from competitors that said that Tennessee was going to have a three, four year sanctions to deal with. And it was not true. Negative recruiting has been going on for, for decades, for years and years and years. Tennessee went to a bowl game. Will be past this whole sanction stuff after this after the, after May. So now opponents can't use that to negative recruit Tennessee. Well, when they can't use that, they'll find the next thing, and the next thing will be, all right, do they put guys in the league? Tennessee has not answered that yet, that question yet. Because like I said, Kay Mays and Valus Jones will, will be the test. They have not played in the league yet. 
They're not even in the league. So it's not something that would hurt Tennessee. I'm just sharing with you what other teams are going to try to say and that Tennessee is going to have to deal with that however they want to deal with that. Media does not hurt a school in recruiting more than anything. The schools either help or hurt themselves more than anything. Now, do the media pour some gas on the flames? Yeah, absolutely. Look at what's going on at Auburn. And, I mean, if it wasn't for the media coverage, then this 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 dumpster fire at, at, at Auburn wouldn't be as bad as it, as it, as it is. But I don't know how you got from the last segment that what Tennessee's going to have to deal with in the future is what hurt Tennessee in recruiting. Like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Pitball says how Tennessee's offense doesn't translate to the NFL receivers. They always run routes. Can they put guys in the league just because they're uh, legit concerns? I mean, he doesn't need to point them out. Pitball, do you live in a cave? Dude, everyone knows what Tennessee's offense does. This is not like a secret. <laughs> like, Ole Miss, Tennessee are the only schools in the country that that do what we do the way that we do it. And no one in the NFL does it. So it's not a secret that that's going to be the question from scouts. (laughs) When a a player is going from Ole Miss to Tennessee to the NFL is, okay, how can you adapt? But if you're a smart football player and you made full of the, the right stuff and you're athletic, then you can adjust, you can adapt. It's not going to matter. So, like, if Hendon Hooker throws the ball great with anticipation and he's accurate and he's great leadership and he's very intelligent, it really doesn't matter what offense he plays in because he's going to be able to adapt. That's what I said last segment. But schools will say anything and do anything to win on the recruiting trail. So, <laughs> hey man, you want to blame the you want to blame the media? Go go for, go for it. It's going to be what Tennessee puts on film, good or bad, that affects recruiting. It's going to be what Tennessee does in the NIL game, good or bad, that affects recruiting. It's going to be what Tennessee is able to do with their players going to the NFL, good or bad, that's going to affect recruiting. What I just mentioned is something that everyone knows. Everyone knows, man. Everyone knows. So, Tennessee has not reached that point yet. Because no one has played in the league from Josh Heupel's first season. He just completed his first season. So his first class is Alante Taylor. It is Kate Mays. It's Bayless Jones. We're not going to know the answer for months. It may be another year or two. But I'm just telling you what the Kentuckys will, will, will try to say. 
just telling you what the South Carolinas will try to say. What the Floridas will try to say. How dare you be informative, Swain? I mean, just just how dare you, as as a former player, just okay, Pitbull. Don't point those pee on your school. I mean, just how how dare you? Pitfall. We need to take your VFL card away. Pitbull's like, man, don't be informative, man, because it's a secret. It's not a secret. It's not a secret. Do you win? Do you put guys in the league? That is how you stay on top in recruiting. Ohio State has done it. Clemson has done it. Alabama's done it. Georgia's done it. Uh, you know, LSU has done it. It's not a secret pitfall. It's been that way for decades. It's no different now. And it's the same when, when Butch Jones was the head coach, the same when Brew was the head coach, Dooley's the head coach, Coach Former, Kiffin, and now Heupel. He and for the next 10 coaches. <laughs> for the next the, 10 the, coaches. The same three <laughs> factors will determine whether recruits come to school <laughs> under the next Tennessee coaches, do they drop the bag off with the NIL? Yeah. Do they put guys in the league and do they win? That that's the only three things that recruits care about. Yeah. The only three things. It's it's been that way the last twenty five years. It'll be the next. It'll be that way for the next twenty five years and the next ten Tennessee football coaches. I picked Tennessee because they put receivers in the league. That was my number one reason. <laughs> and I saw Dante. I saw. Peerless. I saw these guys going to the league, and, and you know Eric Parker was probably like the biggest one that convinced me because he didn't get drafted. He was working in a grocery store. No, he's working in a uh, a gym, and he gets picked up by the Chargers, and he's like one of the best receivers in the league at the time. And it's because of the development that took place in Tennessee. Like that's why I picked Tennessee. So pitfall, man, dude. Trust me, it's, it's, it's not a secret. <laughs> it's not a secret, man. And we're not mentioning flaws. The system is not a flaw. The hypo system is not a flaw. Like you're, you're, I don't know how you are interpreting this. It's not a flaw. It's just different. It's just different. Matt Corrales will have to go through the same evaluation process. He played in an offense that is not ran in the NFL. So when Matt Corral goes to Indianapolis and he is interviewing with GMs and he's talking to coaches and they're telling him to get up on the grease board and draw up certain plays, he's going to have to sell them on how he can do the same things in the NFL. Because at, at the end of the day, it's about being able to process information quickly being a good leader, making all the throws. It's not a flaw. It's just different. It's just different. It's different. <laughs> Chip Payne says, tell this guy to quit clutching his pearls. Man. There's, there's things I, I do not bring up on the show. That would hurt Tennessee. That would hurt Tennessee. And this is nowhere close to one of those things, Pitbull. So calm down, relax. I think you're making something out of absolutely nothing. Everyone knows that when you have a offense or defensive system that nobody runs in the NFL and you're transitioning from college to the NFL, you have to prove that you can also do it at the NFL level. That's not a secret. Like Nick Saban <laughs> and Kirby Smart are not sitting around. Jimbo Fisher – they're not sitting around this morning 
listening to hour three of the Swain event and coming to a realization that, gummit. I had no idea. I had no idea <laughs> that Tennessee's offense is so simple and, and, and that its players are going to have to prove itself to the league when they go through the draft process. I had no idea. Thank you, Jason Swain, for being a terrible former ball and pointing this out and, and discrediting your former school. Yep. Now, you know what? All let secrets, me, let me call out. Carnell Tate and Devin Hyatt and, and Justin Brown right now and point this out to them. The secret is out, man. The secret is out. Tennessee runs a no no huddle up tempo offense that no one runs in the NFL, and you know the, the players from offense will have to prove that they can do it at the NFL level. That is that is the secret. That's you don't you don't think Kirby Smart and Nick Saban, two of the greatest defensive minds in college football right now, you don't think that when they watched the film of Tennessee to prepare for the game that they didn't see the simplistic single-digit routes that Tennessee's receivers ran? Yeah, this is what's going to get you in the league. This is what this is what's going to get you in the league if you play offense for, for Josh Heupel. <sighs> if you're a wide receiver, can you change directions? Can you make plays with the ball in your hands? Do you play hard? Athletic, do you win your one-on-one matchups in SEC play? Regardless of what offense you're running, that's what's going to matter. Offensive line, can you move the dude that's in front of you? Can you do that? That's what's going to matter. But I'll say it again for pitfall. Other schools, when recruiting, they're going to try to make it seem like that their school is the best place for a recruit to go to get to the league. And Tennessee's going to have to combat that narrative, same way they had to had to do when it came to the sanctions. Other schools lie, pitfall. <laughs> People lie. So you got to prove that. Men lie, women lie, and kids <laughs> do too. <laughs> oh, man. That was – Vaughn Birmingham says losing hurts schools in recruiting. Yeah. Losing, not 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 media. <laughs> that dang that dang media, man. That damn media. That's Auburn would have signed a whole lot more players than what for the media, man. The media's fault. <laughs> but Florida's, they would have signed a whole lot more players if it wasn't for the media. Come on. What an hour. Come on, pitball. What an hour. Come on, man. Come on. 865-255-03. Hour 3, powered by Low T Center and LowTCenter.com. Reinventing men's health care. Very, very important, man, that you roll with a health provider that you trust. Everyone is trying to dabble into testosterone. But go with somebody that you trust, and that is Low T Center. Do your homework. Do your homework first. Go to lowtcenter.com and do that homework. It's all there for you. They specialize in men's wellness. Also, right now, and, and Low T Center is changing the game with this, uh, where monitored self-inject treatments are available to be shipped to your home. Your levels are low. Treat yourself at, at the house. Low T Center can get you set up in doing that. But it starts with the health assessment. Plenty of locations right here in Tennessee. 
Chattanooga, Knoxville, Nashville, Tri-Cities. Get scheduled, get there, get your numbers, and get back on the right track. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hope everyone has a great day. Be back tomorrow. Let's talk about a big orange win over Mississippi State tomorrow morning. What you say, Ben? Think that's a good idea? Yeah. Let's do it. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue.